Last week, we talked about the side of team building no one talks about. This week, we're having a conversation about the one thing you thought nonprofits didn't have to do. Spoiler alert, they still do. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple of pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We're super excited. We're having a conversation today, diving into the topic of the one thing you thought that nonprofits didn't have to do. And like I said, uh, (laughs) never mind uh, the fact that you thought they didn't have to, they they still have to do it. (laughs) And this is going to be a really, really good conversation. It's something that I learned a few years back, and it has been so helpful in lots of different areas of life. But I'm really excited to have a conversation specifically about nonprofits today, about the transfer of belief. Yes. This topic is so important because as nonprofit leaders, or even if you're a socialpreneur listening to this, um, there's a certain element where we forget that we need to do the work of transferring the belief that's in us to the person that we're talking to. Uh, This happens every single time there's a conversation related to volunteering, to fundraising, to giving of time or resources or whatever it might be, or even if you're just meeting someone for the first for the first time, and you're trying to communicate what you do, there's a certain amount where we have to transfer what's in us effectively to the person that we're talking to. And, you know, we've seen examples of this from our experience working with nonprofit leaders, where, you know, they'll have a phone call, maybe volunteers like, hey, I don't know if I can do this. And they call and they're like, hey, would you be able to help out with X, Y, and Z? And the volunteer says yes or no. Um, Whatever the volunteer answers, if they say, no, I can't, I'm busy. And you say, okay, well, thanks for your time. Well, hey, they just transferred their belief to you. You believe that what they have going on is more important than what you are doing. Um, And so it's an interesting idea that really the conversations are a transfer belief. And it's why we focus so much on starting with why. Um, The way that we tell the stories, the way that we have the conversations and being super intentional with that. Um, But why don't you talk a little bit about where the idea of transferring belief came from? Yes. So I actually got this idea from a sales guru named Grant Cardone. Uh, He's really, really smart. Talks a lot about sales. And we learned this in some sales training and stuff. But the basic idea is in every conversation that you have, somebody is making a sale. Either you're trying to make a sale to somebody else or they're trying to make a sale to you. And at the end of the day, one of you makes the sale. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just talking about like, hey, I'm trying to sell you life insurance or something. This is talking about, hey, uh, Lisa, can you wash the dishes tonight? Whatever she says, one of us is going to make a sale (laughs) and one of us is going to buy. Right. I'm going to make that sale. Just so you know. (laughs) But uh, uh, by the way, the dishes are already done, so I don't have to worry about that today. Oh, fantastic. Great. But um, we have to think about this in terms of nonprofit work and trying to accomplish something that goes far beyond selling a product or a service. Uh, to somebody where they're just going to transfer money because we're asking people to give their their time, which arguably way more valuable than their money. Mm-hmm. Right? We're asking people to give 
chunks of their life and their passion to what we're doing. And so we have to be even better at sales than say a life insurance person, because we're asking a lot more from somebody than say 50 bucks a month for a policy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's hard in the nonprofit area sometimes to wrap our mind around this, because when you are working within a specific nonprofit, you understand so much what is happening within it, what is going on in it. And I've even talked to some leaders, some nonprofit leaders who have said, I shouldn't have to sell or I shouldn't have to explain why someone should donate money to what we're doing. I shouldn't have to do X, Y, and Z because what we are doing is important enough that they should be able to figure it out. Um, I've also had people try and fundraise from us directly and, and <laughs> ask us for ask funds. us for funds and we are rough people to ask for funds from like I'll just be straight up I ask so many questions before I give anywhere so we've had people ask us and I'll ask questions back and there's almost this moment of um, defense or resistance and almost uh, I'm doing something noble with my time therefore you owe me your money And I understand where that comes from. When we are so deeply um, surrounded by and into the cause that we are trying so hard to make a difference in that area of life, whatever it may be, it's so easy to see what we're doing as so obvious that we think that everyone else should get it. And the people who aren't contributing to us, it's not that they don't understand. It's that they aren't people who care. Right, right. It's a curse of knowledge thing on our side. We we sort of assume that they understand what we understand. They believe what we believe. So mm-hmm. to assume that means that we're not going to actually try to help them to shape that belief, which means we're not going to be actually transferring belief, which means we're not going to make the sale. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw an asterisk on this. Uh, and that is in nonprofit work and in trying to change the world and do good things, I think a lot of us got into it because we don't like the idea of being a sleazy salesperson. And I'm not trying to advocate and say that we should be sleazy and, you know, underhanded with the way that we quote unquote make sales or quote unquote uh, alter people's beliefs. We don't want to do this in a dishonest way, but it is important and imperative to getting the cause to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think because it's not profit leader, sometimes we think, I got into this, I don't want to make sales, or I don't like that way of thinking. We shut off every aspect of sales. We're like, no, that's Throw the a baby sales out with the thing. We're just going to get rid of all of it. <laughs> right. When in reality, if you took like a good... I'm good quality sales course. They talk about all the things that nonprofit leaders need to know how to communicate value, how to communicate vision, how to communicate the benefits of helping out. And sometimes they're personal benefits. Sometimes it's the benefit of you helping me out is that we're going to impact the world. Like mm-hmm. that is a huge benefit to the person that we're talking to. But sometimes we get so wrapped up in people should want to do good that we forget to explain to them the good that they're doing. Right. We, we've kind of failed to show them the value proposition, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little sentence that shows them this is why it's worth it. You yep. know, this is why your five hours this weekend is worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is why you should consider maybe giving more than five hours a week, maybe start donating to or whatever. And uh, it's, it's really, really important that we don't, 
throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to sales. Because, yes, there are sleazy salespeople and there are sleazy nonprofits yes. out there, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really important. That's why we ask a lot of questions. <laughs> we we, we want to avoid. Questions. We want to avoid encouraging that because we think the world is going to change better and faster if we support nonprofits that are above board and are doing a really great job and and uh, working on improving and making things work really, really well. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some sales tactics and how they can kind of um, be translated a little bit into the nonprofit world. So maybe it's a little easier to digest because I know like, for example, if like you're a pastor, like every time you come up and you uh, like talk about giving an offering or if you're a missionary and you're asking for, you know, people to give support or if you're a nonprofit that's helping, uh, you know, stranded animals or something like that, you want to be able to ask, you need to be able to ask for donations and for volunteer time. Um, you're making sales in those moments. So we want to help you to do that, but we also want you to do that in a way that doesn't feel like you're a sleazy salesperson. So let's talk about some of the tactics and things that we've learned um, in the last few years uh, doing some sales stuff, but also nonprofit stuff. Mm -hmm. So Lisa, why don't you uh, jump in with one of your favorite uh, quote unquote sales tactics or transfer of belief tactics. Transfer of belief tactics. Um, One of my favorites that I learned early on was to stop focusing on finding uh, with sales as clients, but as nonprofit leaders, stop focusing on trying to find the donors and focus more on finding friends. Um, when I switched over my mindset to that, the person who I was talking to said, instead of going through life trying to figure out who could help you, um, who could be the next person, who could be someone to talk to, they said, just walk through life collecting friends and see where it goes. Um, and that changed my mindset a lot because no one likes to have the first interaction with someone be like, hi, nice to meet you. Would you like to purchase? <laughs> hi, nice to meet you. Would you donate to what I'm doing? No. <laughs> hi, nice to meet you. Would you X, Y, and Z? But if we go through life understanding that every first interaction is a chance for us to collect a friend, and that's just to have a friend, um, then we look at every people or every person we come in contact with as a person yes and every interaction with them as the building of a friendship so it's funny because i used to use the friend uh the term friend very tightly like a long time ago i was like this is my friend and i have acquaintances where now i have some people where i've talked to them once for an hour i'm like oh yeah my friend so-and-so and someone will be like, well, how long have you known your friend so-and-so? I'm like, well, actually, we've only talked one time for this amount. But it's because even though our friendship isn't super deep, I connected with them first as a friend. And now every interaction going forward is building upon the friendship. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that the end goal of this is not to get them to become a donor. Um, the end goal of this is not to get them to become a client. The end goal of this is not to do any of those things. The end goal of this is to build up that relationship because I know over time that as we build up that trust, that that new friend is going to keep me in mind for other friends that they have. And through the process of treating people like people, hear yeah. that. Through the process of treating people like people, we get more of the right people way more quickly. Yep. And you end up getting more resources mm-hmm. way more quickly. I mean, when you treat somebody like just simply a wallet with legs, they're going to they're gonna smell that from a mile away. It's so obvious. I mean, I think everybody who's listening to this has been treated like a wallet with legs at one time or another, or a volunteer with legs. <laughs> I suppose mm-hmm. maybe volunteers usually have legs anyway, but uh, you understand what I'm saying. When you can, you can just tell that 
the the point of the conversation is not to treat you like a person but it's to get something from you it's like something just automatically tips off in your brain and you you just feel it you get the vibe and you're like and you just know think about this in your personal life like set aside all the nonprofit stuff for a second think about this in your personal life when you have that person reach out to you and you know immediately they're going to ask you for something they need some help with something they need some time they have something going on something next happened but you know you get that text you're like, oh, what do they need now? As nonprofit leaders, too often we put ourselves in that position where people see us calling and they know that the only thing that we're going to do is ask them for more. Right. And that is where teams start to crumble and fall apart. And Mm -hmm. it's because the trust in the relationship has been broken and now it has become transactional. I'll go ahead and throw this out there right now. If you find yourself being ghosted a lot, like that means, I mean, for, for maybe some boomers out there or whatever, this is like Zoomer talk right now, which I'm not a Zoomer either, but being ghosted is like when you text somebody and they just, they don't respond or you try to call them and they don't pick up the phone ever. It's a lot easier for people to do that than to say no to you. Chances are that the trust in that relationship has been degraded somehow. And now they know that it's easier to just not engage with this person than it is to say no and I'm gonna feel really guilty if I say no this really happens a lot in nonprofit work because um, you know they know that there's gonna be a lot more than just a purchase decision on on the other end of that phone call or on the other end of that text it's gonna be like come on you really don't want to help puppies like oh yeah. gosh I feel like a terrible horrible person but the, the truth is there are tons of things that we could be helping with and we, we're going to have to say no to stuff. Mm. So people just generally start to ghost out on leaders. So when they're asking for volunteers, they're texting or whatever, and, and, and people start ghosting you. That's the first tip off that maybe you need to shift your tactic a little bit and treat people more like people and less like objects. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing that I learned from sales that helped me out a ton was instead of saying this thing will definitely do what you need or if someone's like I have this issue and be like oh yeah we can help with that sometimes people get so focused on making the sale that they don't think through what the user experience is going to be and see if it's actually going to help their problems right Mm. so we'll have sometimes I was talking to someone just a couple of weeks ago and they're like, Hey, I have a friend. They're going through X, Y, and Z. Here's their nonprofit. Would they be a good client for you? And I asked some questions about the issue. Um, and I was like, honestly, they don't need me. They need a nonprofit attorney. Like they're not looking to grow into their next event and grow in their funds and in their volunteerism. Um, The issue that they're having, like that's not a great client for me. And the very fact that I told this person no made them trust me so much more because I wasn't just trying to say, oh, yeah, we can help with that, knowing that we actually couldn't help with that. The same thing is true with our volunteers. If a volunteer, if we're talking to them and we're like, you know what, no matter what the thing is, no matter what your answer is, the answer is always volunteer more. And we're not actually taking into account what it is that their gift is, what they're great at, what they care about, um, who they are as individuals, what it is that they want to do. And our answer is always like, oh, yeah, this will be a great fit for you. This volunteer opportunity is obviously a great fit for you. We'll just put you in there and then we'll figure out the details later. If we know that that volunteer 
opportunity is not a great fit for that volunteer, we are doing a disservice to the relationship to tell them that it is a great fit. And think about all the reverberations of that, too. Like they have a bad experience that spreads to their networks, whereas Mm -hmm. if they have a great experience, that's going to spread to their networks. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important to really to gauge and honestly approach that relationship and say, is this actually going to be a good fit for them as an individual and that means taking into account the long term and the short term i know sometimes the struggle isn't that um that i have a problem uh, selling too much it's that i have a problem selling too little right we the the, uh shoot what's the shark's name uh who 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 says that sales is the solution for everything uh kevin o'leary I think so. Probably. Yes. Sales solves all. One of them, one of the one of those sharks. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> on uh, Shark Shark Tank. But anyway, sales is it solves all. And when we're talking about nonprofits, the transfer of belief solves all the problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you got to first figure out what are what is the belief that drives me to do what I'm doing with this? Because there's a reason why you're doing this. It's not because you thought it was a good idea. <laughs> a lot of times in nonprofit, it's like, this is probably going to be harder for me than just getting a desk job somewhere, but it's important. Right. It's important to me for these reasons. Those beliefs that you have, now it's your responsibility to transfer those beliefs caringly and intentionally to the people around you and to the people that you see as potential help along the way to make that thing happen. And I'm going to add to that. Um, if you're realizing, you know what, my this whole sales thing, I have not been doing this enough. I haven't been transferring my belief a lot or enough. The answer is not to go to the five people who are already on board and try to transfer your belief harder. <laughs> yes. Like the like or even the two people who told you that they might consider volunteering but they haven't done it yet. You can't just go to them and every month, "Hey, here's more, here's more, here's more." It's not about talking to the same five people more. It's about talking to more people some. Yeah, and that that's a great lesson learned from sales too. It's really about like what's the volume of people you're talking to? is way more important than talking to someone 10 times. It's like if you were going to sell a product and maybe you've been a part of some kind of like network marketing or something like that, where it's like you got to you make a list of people and you're going to call through the people and you're going to talk to them. The temptation is to talk to the same person a hundred times to try to sell that one person. Yep. And the better thing to do is to talk to a whole ton of people and see which which ones of those like resonate with the belief of the product that you're trying to market? And the even better thing is to call the people and not try and get them to resonate and then buy, but instead just call the people, let them know what you're doing and see who they know who it might resonate with. As nonprofit, sometimes I hear people say, I don't know anyone else. I've talked to everyone. And we take sales or we take ideas from like, truly networking or we take ideas from these different things and we say, oh, no, that's business related. I'm going to ignore it. Or, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to ignore it. And through the process, we cut off our networks to 10 people who are on board with what we're doing. And we're like, we don't know who else to talk to. When in reality, the transfer of belief is talking to those people. But it's also saying, who do you know who might resonate with this? Right. Who do you know who might be interested in learning just a little bit more and being willing to have those conversations in the first few conversations just a heads up are probably going to feel uncomfortable and they might go poorly 
<laughs> but if your whole goal is simply to start the beginning of a relationship, start the beginning of a friendship, and just talk a little bit about what you're doing and get to know the person more than you're trying to get them to know you, it's a win. And it's going to pay off in the long term as long as we have the long game in mind. Sometimes in sales, I see it all the time where people, you know, they really just shoot themselves in the foot, <laughs> like right off the bat, and people don't want to listen. And the unfortunate thing is we see nonprofit leaders doing the exact same thing when they're trying to get people on board because they go for so high of an ask immediately without ever asking anything about the person that they're talking to. Right. Uh, I, I learned this through some sales training that we took at one point, too. Just like it's so interesting how much you can learn from the business world and bring that into the nonprofit world and vice versa. Um, this idea that when you sit down and talk with somebody, the more you ask questions about them, the more they feel like they know you. They might not have learned anything about you the entire time, but if you learned a ton about them and you ask them a lot of questions, they're going to feel like they, they know you and they trust you because they just shared a whole bunch of stuff with you that trust was built. It's not about the, fa- the, the facts that they know about you is what determines whether they know you, right? We know a lot of facts about celebrities, right? Like, I know what Justin Bieber's hair looks like. That doesn't mean I know him. I know a fact about him. What would make me feel like I knew him is if he knew about me. Mm-hmm. And so we need to remember that when we're having conversations, building these relationships, collecting friends, before we really start the process of trying to transfer belief, it's important that we actually get to know and build that trust there. Almost, you, you really want to ask the questions of them. Just ask questions, ask questions. I was just doing this today at a nonprofit that we're helping out with. I was asking some questions of a, a just a, a random person who happened to be at, at this nonprofit. And I was asking them, asking them, asking them. And I wasn't expecting them to ask back, but I was just asking lots of questions. What do you do? You know, all this different stuff. They said, well, what do you do? It's like after a certain amount of time, they're like, gosh, this person knows everything about me. I don't know. Anything I, about I know their them. name. That's it. So then they start asking you questions. And that is the moment where you can begin to start trying to transfer a little bit of belief and see kind of where that goes. It's sort of just kind of like testing the waters. And it was really cool because that conversation led to something that I was I'm actually really interested in following up with this person and talking more about it because they work in an industry that is like. Uh, uh, congruent a little bit with what we do. So I'm really excited to follow up on that conversation. It's because of me asking questions about the other person. Yeah. Now, if you're listening to the saying, I don't know what questions to ask, I'm going to give you a little hint. (laughs) Start with one question. Maybe if you've never met them, it's just a hi, hello, what's your name? My name is whatever. And just start with like, what do you do? Um, And then Instead of trying to think through the next question you're going to ask, listen to their answer. Their answer will tell you, will give you the next question to ask. Yep. And so you just follow the trail. So earlier today, I was talking to um, a woman I never met before. Um, and we were just kind of chatting. And I went and I was like, hey, what do you do in your free time? And she's like, oh, I like to draw. I said, okay, what do you like to draw? She's like, oh, I like to draw characters from this one show. And I said, oh, what type of show is it? And she said, oh, it's actually an animated show, but it's for adults. And I was like, okay, um, what's the name of the show? And she told me, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Which character do you enjoy drawing? And she told me. And at that point, I kind of ran out of questions, so I backed up a couple steps. <laughs> so you like to draw. What type of medium do you like to use? Do you like to use 
pencils or markers. She's like, well, I use pencil and sometimes I, you know, do things digitally. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do it digitally. What kind of software do you have? Or what do you, you know, and like. Just dig into the things that they care about. Every question that I ask leads to an answer. And whatever that answer is, just go one step further, one step further, one step further. And if at any point you're like, man, I'm out of my element. I don't know what the show is. I'm not sure, (laughs) you know, whatever it might be. Then just back up a couple questions and find a different branch that you can follow and just follow the trail. And then after a little bit of time, you've gotten to know them in a way that's a little bit deeper than just surface level. And that's really... Like, they're going to feel so incredibly valued. And this isn't something to manipulate people or try and use the tactics to get what you want. People will know if you're being genuine in the friendship or if you're just trying to use the friendship. Right. And so our hearts going into it has to be real. But really what you're trying to do in this moment, and those of you who have like sales experience know what this is called. This is called building rapport. Mm -hmm. Really what you're trying to do is through the process of asking them lots of questions, you're trying to find common ground. Like hopefully at some point during that conversation about drawing, you'd end up talking about Disney and Beauty and the Beast or something that Mm -hmm. Lisa really loves. And now you guys are talking about something that you both are really like passionate about. Now you've made a, a connection. You've collected a friend. Yeah. And, and that's what you're trying to do. And from this, you're learning about them um, and how when it comes around time that they ask you about your nonprofit, you know whether you should be telling stories or talking about the measurable impact. You know if they respond really well to vision or if they respond really well to systems and structures. Like every conversation that you're having with people building these, you're not diving into that right away, but it's something to keep in mind so that eventually when those conversations begin to happen, you know the right way to speak to them in the language that they communicate in. This isn't about trying to use certain tactics to manipulate them. This is about understanding the communication because for me to transfer what I know into someone else, I have to know that we're speaking the same language first. I have to make sure that we're on the same page and that I'm speaking the language that they are going to understand, not the language that I would understand. Absolutely. Um, And so getting to know someone on a personal level That's the first thing you have to do to figure out what it is and how they understand things or else you're going to lose them. The minute that you start talking about statistics and here are these different things, if there's someone who's just incredibly relational and they want to hear the stories (laughs) of the impact and you're talking about statistics, they're going to think this is not the nonprofit for me to be involved with. Right. However, if there's someone who really wants the stories, you're like, I recognize that you're a stories person. I'm going to tell you some stories. And then if they want to dig in, you you can give them some statistics if they need it. They're going to see, you know what, I'd like to learn a little bit more about this nonprofit because I think there's a place for me there. Right. People are looking for places to connect with. They're looking for nonprofits to be able to support and things to get passionate about and care about. They're looking for the community and the meaning that comes from that. And if we can if we can say, hey, you know what, I recognize that there is a certain level of quote unquote sales that I'm going to need to do as a leader of a nonprofit and just come to terms with that, but then figure out a way to do it that doesn't make you feel gross. If it makes you feel gross, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like it should really just feel natural and and really, really good as you're just getting to know people. Mm-hmm. And the and the 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 transfer belief will then kind of naturally happen. So we just wanted to encourage you guys with that today. I hope you had a fun time. We this was a super fun conversation for me when we were talking about the topic. I was like, okay, I think we got some stuff to talk about here. But oh my gosh, this was really really fun. <laughs> We'd love to hear back from you. What are some of the things that you're going to take from uh, today's podcast episode and implement 
in your nonprofit, or maybe maybe even implement this in a business, or or some of the things you maybe implemented around the house. I was just thinking about this. Sorry, I know we got to wrap up, but I got to say this one thing. This is really really good. All right, go. We're talking about uh, you know making how everything's a sale. I'm thinking about this with my kids. You know, <laughs> when they come up to me, I can tell if they want something right away. Like dad, like. And you're like, what do you, what do you uh, want? What do you, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? I know that this is one of those conversations where you're gonna, it's going to be a little one-sided. You're trying to make a sale on me already. But also just using that in your family life. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can always send us an email at office at LegacyBuildersintl.com. And uh, yeah, man, did you have fun, Lisa? Oh my gosh, always. I sure did too. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com.